Hey folks, welcome to Close the Deal, a podcast designed for you, our valued dealers. I'm Jake Watson, your moderator, SVP of Marketing, and today we're super excited about this episode. We've got a couple of special guests. Unfortunately, Nish isn't able to join us today. We give him another day off. We've got uh, Rich Teixeira. Rich. Hello. How's everyone doing? My name is Richard Texer. I'm the Senior Vice President of Sales for the organization. Max. Hey, good afternoon, guys. It's uh, Max here. Pleasure to be here. Uh, Director of Partnerships at Simply Group. And Ryan Van Dyke. We're lucky to have Ryan here. How's it going, Ryan? Hey, Jake. It's going great. Um, happy to be here and talk to you guys. Thank you so much. So, Ryan, you're from Contractor Growth Hub and you host the Contractor Growth Hub podcast. Maybe you can just give us a little bit of background. Sure. So, I'm closing in on 20 years in the business. I uh, you know, was able to set a very intentional goal of experiencing every part in the business. So, I went and did that. I was a helper on the tools, became a service guy, an installer. I ran a contracting business, went into distribution, opened up my own rep firm, worked for a manufacturer, and now I'm trying to use all that experience and you know all the learnings from the people I've worked with over the last 20 years to really help the industry, right? And help contractors and manufacturers and distributors just be better and connect better. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us again today. Really appreciate it. So this is episode number nine, how to protect your sales force from recession and how to use grassroots approach. Last episode, we spoke about rates and banks and consumer financing. On this episode, we're super excited to have Ryan here uh, to talk about minimizing the impact of the recession. So let's just jump right into it. What are some different approaches that you'd recommend for sales leaders to minimize the impact of recession? Yeah, I think it all starts with a mindset, right? And, you know, I've got a really good story here. I lived through the recession as a salesperson in 2008. Right. And I was in my mid to late 20s, let's say. And all of a sudden, my income got cut in half. Okay, and I had, you know, had a lot of spare time all of a sudden, the phone wasn't ringing as much. And I could either accept that, or I could try to a new strategy, right, try to develop a new strategy to go and, and build my own business. As an industry, we've done a, a really good job at creating a farming atmosphere for in home salespeople, right? Yeah, the phone rings, we send them a lead, and they go kill it. And the owner of the company is paying, you know, huge amounts of money to go and develop those leads, right, whether it's SEO, whether it's etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. So the strategy that I took from there and really kind of served me throughout that those tough economic times was developing my own business. So we've got farmers and I hope I don't offend too many people when I say that, <laughs> but you know, they're taking leads and they may get a self-generated lead. They call it once or twice a month, right? And everybody claps their hands and all this kind of thing. Well, I worked through that strategy to develop enough leads through partnerships with people like realtors and insurance brokers, and even just becoming an active part of my community where those company generated leads, I all of a sudden didn't have time for those. If, if the option was to go into a house where they were getting five quotes and I was competing against everybody and their brother in town, right. or I had the option of taking one of my self-generated referrals, um, I would choose the second option every single time. So it's really about kind of blending those two strategies. And as you know, sales leaders or company owners, it's really kind of evolving the approach of your salespeople from farmers to a blend of farming and hunting, right? Going out and becoming a viable part of your community and developing really good relationships. So you can kind of hedge your bets as things rise and fall with the shoulder seasons and recessions and things like that. Yep. 
What do you think, Rich? You're the resident expert. It's great to have another expert on the on the panel here as well. No, I completely agree with that. And what I want to remind those who may be too young from to remember 2008, because so much time has come by. You know, I think there's an old adage like we were 15 minutes away from not being able to pull money out of a yeah, bank. That's right. Like there was a worldwide liquidity challenge yeah. there. So once that's settled, to realize that there's still individuals out there who are going to maybe not sell their home, but now decided that they're going to live in that thing for another three, four, five years and are going to want to then put some work on it. So what it makes you do is it adapts your strategy from a, well, where am I going to generate revenue from to when you're having those conversations with those customers, really identifying a need Mm -hmm. versus a want, Mm -hmm. but then you start really diving into the needs, which allows you to build further trust. And then you pivot the conversation based on that. So when, when I hear something like that from Ryan, like it just inspires inspires me because I think enough people just don't break out of that shell to say, okay, hey, there's a roadblock in front of me. Mm So what do you do? And you just figure out one day after another. Yeah. And we'll eventually take it back into financing because what does that mean in terms of helping you out? Well, then things like financing help out. It's just people have now tightened up what they're going to spend their dollars on. But what they really want now is stability or cost certainty. Mm-hmm. So instead of maybe a one-year equal payment plan, I actually now want to finance that tool over five years. If I have my choice of doing the upgrade because I need to, I'm going to hold on to every dollar I can Mm -hmm. and leverage someone else's money. So keep that 5G, keep that 10G. So let's still get you what you need because you ain't moving anytime soon Mm -hmm. and hold on to that cash for the rainy day. This is what I love about hanging out with fellow individuals (laughs) in our network because you just get inspired by concepts like that. I feel like also if this is a self-generated lead, there's already some established trust there. You have some form of a relationship, which is what you spend a lot of time doing when you go into a cold home, right? When you're walking into a home where you haven't met the person, you now have to spend a whole bunch of time trying to get to know these people, build that trust, build that rapport really early. But if this is something that you've already self-generated, presumably those steps are there. You've already you've already done those that. Those closing ratios are probably yeah, and absolutely, and that that's what drives the choice, right? I want to go back to something that Rich said is how you go and approach us. We know 20% roughly in good times of, of people replace their equipment proactively planning ahead, right? Like it's a relaxed experience. They'll go and they'll research and things like that. And 80% are either due to breakdown, you know, a, a right. large part replacement being faced with that, et cetera, et cetera. It comes down to being brilliant at the basics, right? And I think mm-hmm. tough times economically and tough times in business is the great equalizer. Okay. Whether you're a 10 truck, $7 million company, well, that means you got a lot of overhead, right? Mm -hmm. You've got to navigate those challenges. Whether you're a two truck million and a half, you've got a different set of challenges. So it is the great equalizer. And it, it, in my opinion, in my experience comes down to who's the best prepared, who's going to innovate, who's going to change. And, and financing is a really big piece of that. I don't mean to skip ahead, but I want want to say it while it's fresh in my head, but it's, our obligation as dealers and as people coaching dealers to have them educate the homeowner to say, okay, look, this, this is a, we want to coach you to the right decision, Mm -hmm. right? So that's absolutely looking at, you know, mid to long-term financing and showing that affordability because 
people need to hold on to their cash in times like this, right? You can't finance groceries at the <laughs> yep. store, right? You can't finance gas, although it's got to go there sooner or later <laughs> yeah. the way it's going. Yeah. Wait, that, that might be an idea. <laughs> right. This is being recorded, right? Yeah. <laughs> but you can't, you can't finance those consumables that you need cash in your bank account to go and, and accommodate in your life. This is an option that's a necessity. It's, a, it's something everybody needs who owns a home. And it is something that you can fit into an affordable monthly payment so again, that goes back to being brilliant at the basics. This is something you should do every time and you need to do every time when you're faced with educating a customer. Quick question on that too, because we were talking about the close rate and conversion ratios. And I see this, this concept of second and third quotes and trying to mitigate that exposure of them getting other quotes because then what it just becomes is this rat race to the bottom and just leaving margin on the table. So it's like what I'm always finding fascinating is that we'll let someone go get a second quote as opposed to overcoming those objections. Instead of letting them have the opportunity to go somewhere else and find an inferior product or an inferior contractor who's not going to support them, holding on to them through pivoting to financing, leveraging and keeping those dollars back in your pocket that you're otherwise giving up to margin. Um, because that's going to become, I think, something that's very real come the recession. It's a conversation I've had probably a million times about closing on the spot versus a, a follow-up style close. Yeah. And I think, you know, it should be every salesperson's goal to close at the kitchen table and you can handle the objections and, and go ahead and do that and, and provide the service quickly, et cetera. The fact is that doesn't happen every time. And that, that's the goal. I think things like financing and things like follow-up gives you that opportunity to continue to make contact with that customer so you don't lose that stream of conversation, let's say, right? It doesn't end abruptly where you left everything you had on the table and there's three other guys coming up, right? Mm -hmm. So I, as a salesperson, I enjoyed some reasonable success that way. It's part of understanding, you know, and asking those questions out of the gate. And I used to say something as simple like, hey, you know, what do you understand of this stuff so far, right? Or what do you know so far? And if they knew what a variable speed motor was and a two-stage air conditioner was and all these other things and what, you know, filter sizes, then, then I knew they'd talk to somebody, right? And then, then you just ask the question, say, okay, so what does this look like for you? What does this process look for you? Asking those probing questions to understand if you're in a situation where you can have a high chance of closing on the spot or if it's something where you may have to structure a follow-up method that keeps you connected, right? But something that can absolutely set you apart in those scenarios is... You asked a question of if I used financing back then. 2009, 96% of my deals were financed. You had to twist my arm and kick me in the ribs to give me money. It's leading with that because, again, it goes back to what we talked about before. If somebody's leading with a, hey, this is $9,800 and after rebates, it's $7,800 and I'm just picking arbitrary numbers versus hey, this is $118 a month mm -hmm. and et cetera, et cetera. At least that's a more attractive option. I think it starts at qualifying and understanding what that homeowner's buying process is going to be, influencing it to your capability, but then making sure you keep dialogue going on and, and leading with options that are attractive to them based on the questions you've asked. You know, I want to touch on that because there's probably a segment of, of our listeners, uh, and thanks, Mom, who is uh, <laughs> thinking to themselves, well, hey, I can do math. Uh, and again, I know we're just throwing arbitrary numbers around, but like, okay, let's just say it's a 10,000 versus a monthly breakdown. And then they add that all up and say, well, wait a minute, that's, that's more than what 
the ticket item was. You know, it's interesting, folks. We, you know, again, I go back to Jake and I's background, and I used this word earlier around cost certainty, which is people will put a premium on cost certainty mm -hmm. uh, way more than they will other considerations because, by and large, and this is a Canadian thing, we are generally risk adverse. So I also, you know, to those people who will say, can do math and add it up, and then they're going to look at the interest and say, well, if I just paid this in cash, I wouldn't have paid that interest. But then again, What's the opportunity cost of what you could have done with that money? Mm -hmm. If you do like to invest, recessions are generally great times to buy. You can put them RSPs. You can just hang on to that cash from a rainy day. Remember, once that cash is out, you ain't getting it back. Mm -hmm. And so to your point, presenting an option of 120, regardless of what our viewership is thinking when they're listening to us saying, well, hey, I can do quick math and add it up. But yes, it's 120 bucks. There's an interest rate, but you have cost certainty for the next five-year term. You pay it off at any time. Mm -hmm. You're keeping well, your cash in your pocket. And we can focus on term. Well, I think that's the key to the second point that you said there is that you can pay it off at any time, right? Like, so if right now you're kind of worried, okay, well, what do the next three years look like? And I'm not sure, well, uh, maybe I just pay for the $10,000 upgrade. Maybe I just pay $90 a month for, I don't know, maybe a year or two when things start to normalize a little bit more. And then I'm like, okay, I'm just going to pay this off. I'll just pay this off now, you know? And that breathing room is so important. Nobody wakes up thinking, oh my God, I really want a new furnace and air conditioner today. I hope it gets rammed in tomorrow. We got to yeah. turn the oven on overnight yeah. to stay warm. Yeah. That doesn't happen. Yeah. So allow yourself that breathing room. And that's the beauty of something that you can pay off at any time is, is you know, I used to say to them, hey, look, you may be okay to do this. Okay. You may be okay to do this today. Why don't you take a week or a month yeah. or six months yeah. or two years and decide mm -hmm. if that's what you can do. Nobody's going to get hurt by making that decision. It's going to buy you some time, yep. right? And whether you let it go to term or not, that's up to you. But it allows you that flexibility. Because mm -hmm. like you just said, once you put it out, it's gone. That's right. Yep. Consider it gone, right? Mm -hmm. And right now, that's scarier than ever, right? Having, I feel like just having that freedom right now and that flexibility is just more critical than ever. So, okay, that's great. What about some tips and tricks you could offer for, for kind of taking a more grassroots approach? Yeah, I think, you know, really, if I owned an HVAC business today, I would be taking folks and making them good at the basics, which, which is closing, right? Which is selling, which is understanding the customer, all these, all these things that we teach our, our salespeople. The next step for me is how to get them to amplify your messaging in the community. So I, I talk about realtors a lot. It's a similar model to realtors, right? We all know what a lead costs, okay? Leads are very expensive for a contractor and owners are investing that money. If they're generating their own leads, give them an expense account for half of that, split the cost, right? Pay them a higher commission when they're out there generating these things. And, you know, every, everyone's got the, the person on Facebook that they went to high school with and, you know, they, they work wherever they work. And all of a sudden they're a expert in nutrition yep. and they're hawking, you know, um, supplements and things like that. Or a life or, coach. Yeah, a life coach, a life coach or they're, a, you know, a fitness guru all of a sudden they want you to sign up for classes. Just imagine if you had people acting that way, selling your product or promoting your brand. Mm -hmm. Right. And I've seen really, really good dealers become very big doing this, right? Whether it's a single mom that needs a supplemental income, whether it's somebody, you know, that's looking after a family and needs a second job, but doesn't want to dedicate his night to that every time, a flexible schedule. You know, it doesn't have to be a full-time salesperson. Times are changing. Our platforms on how we can get our messaging out is, is changing. Okay, we've got to change with the times. Mm -hmm. And this this industry is very slow to react. Mm -hmm. it, it always has been, historically will be. But 
I can tell you that the dealers that are adapting new ideas and new ways to go and get it are seeing those benefits. So to answer your question, you know, I think coaching them on how to network, coach, giving them tools that they can then share online and being really good at your social media presence. So it gives them something to share right mm -hmm. to their, to their outlets. And that, that includes everybody in the company. That can be the person answering the phone. That can be the warehouse person. That can be an installer, service person, salesperson. You've got to give them good tools to go and amplify your message and help you grow your business. Cause it's all hands on deck, right? Mm -hmm. It's a bit of advice I want to give kind of every, every contractor. You can be the victim of tough economic times. You can be the, the victim of people being scared of, of tough economic times, or you can lean into it. Mm -hmm. Some of the wealthiest people in the world in our country and some of the wealthiest people, you know, they made their wealth in tough economic times because mm -hmm. they leaned into it. They found opportunities and they went and grew. And so you can be a victim and you can downsize, you can do all these different things, or you can lean into it and find ways to grow while your competitors are out there scrambling. Right? Mm -hmm. When I hear that, the, the thing that comes to my mind is drop the ego. Yeah. Because we've done that, right? How do you drive a scrappier sales force? And generally, when we do this grassroots type of thing, I'll give you an example. So I did this experiment where I went onto the Facebook group of my building. And I think in the span of a week, because it's like a chain reaction, it takes one person to say, hey, can someone help me out with my boiler? And then all of a sudden, there was like 15 people in the chat who went down to the point where I think I probably funneled about 50% of them into us for free, absolutely for free. But it takes this dropping of an ego. And sometimes with your sales reps, there is that ego. Like, hold on a second, you only go out there and, and you know, exploit myself on Facebook and, and kind of put it out there to my network that we're looking for business. Yeah. When faced with hard times, like the mother of invention is necessity, right? Like when you need, you will invent great ideas, grassroots concepts. And so if it means to your point, hiring someone who just scours Facebook groups and just jumps on those opportunities. So be it. There is what I find to your point in times of recession is that there becomes this grassroots level of what we do to get our messaging out there at a very low cost. Yeah, that's you're hundred percent right. And, and I'll be quite honest with you. I was the cockiest <laughs> farming salesperson before 2008. Mm -hmm. And I went, Whoa, well, I'm not okay with that. Yep. I'm not okay with my income in half. And kind of the, the cool thing of it, the, the byproduct of, of going out and making those authentic relationships, because that's a big word, right? Um, you know, it's about creating authentic, mutually beneficial relationships. I'm going to a wedding this summer of a guy that is a, a very good friend of mine now that started, and this is how we met. I pitched his real, all, his whole brokerage as realtors on, I think it was about the Lennox Pulse furnace pressure test, <laughs> right? And I mean, you know, it just sparked this friendship and he came up to me and, and you know, we had a, a great working relationship and a great personal relationship. But it's not, it's, I can tell you right now, getting into some of these things, it's not all work. It's not all hard, right? You develop really good relationships and the business is a byproduct of that, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. Actually, and, and last thing, just because sometimes with, I find with salespeople, they love the analogies and the stories, but give you a perfect example of something like that can resonate. And especially with the real estate piece you bring up, what do most people have to do before you list your house? you got to do some upgrades on mm -hmm. it, right? Like, you know, at least I know I've had to in my experience, right? And nothing crazy, you know, like paint this, fix the deck. And a real estate agent referred us to a contractor who came in and did it. It's, you know, did wonderful work at such a, a great price that when we then moved into our new house and we wanted to do work, well, right. the first person we called was that contractor. Right. 
But again, through a real estate agent relationship, and we went on to find out that that contractor, same strategy, found a law, went out there, made connection with real estate agents to say, hey, just use us. You have someone who just needs work. Whatever it is, we'll do it. And it was the same concept that's being spoken of here, just being scrappy and just finding people. And then when times get good, imagine still having 25% of your revenue stream coming in at low to next to no cost of uh, cost per lead. Think about the margins that generates that actually let you float the business and probably expand into other things you want to do as well when things start picking back up. It's, it's just amazing. You know, a salesperson would never say, I don't want leads from the company. But if you do things right and you develop enough of your own business, and I call it business within a business, right? If you're generating leads, you're going to say, hey, maybe I'll take one of those a day or five a week. But I've got my own business coming in right exactly. now, right? Yep. And, you know, it's just it's a different experience. And I wish more people could feel it. When you're talking about the authentic relationships, right? So you can go out and, as you said, go scour Facebook. I've, I've seen it. We've done it for our business all the time. Yep. But it's different when you actually have that relationship and you become that subject matter expert. We do a lot here. And so when someone asks me, what do I do? The easiest is just like, you know, instead of going and rambling on, I'm, just, I'm in heating and cooling. Yeah. So their aunt and their cousin and their and their sister and their neighbor and their whoever is like, yeah, can you get me an air conditioner? You, like, yes, I could connect you with somebody, but that's not my job, right? So it's about being that subject matter expert in your community. Sure. It's one of the first things you said about when you went in, you went into community and the commerce stuff, right? You know, when we're talking about HVAC, it's not a sexy product, but it's dropping that ego and being proud of what you do and who you work for and, and what you do every day and, and being that subject matter expert, expert that gets you those great leads that don't have to work as hard to close. I have a realtor friend who recently asked me if I need an air conditioner. I did a, we just did a reno with an investment property. Can you hook me up with someone? He didn't ask me price. He didn't ask me anything. At the end, he's like, hey, I just want to make sure this is like a, a investment. It's the trust. It's the, yeah, you're doing it. I'm not getting anyone else to do it. I just need it done when you can get it done. And then we talked about price. And then we talked about, wait, what did I actually get? It's that building uh, that trust, building that, you know, being that subject matter expert. Yeah. So, you know, I'm a storyteller. So you guys will have to come off at some point. <laughs> but just just a, an example of how much I believe in this in this type of activities and generating business is I met with my chamber rep and it was the first time I was getting involved in the chamber. And, you know, we had and just a, for those uh, Chamber of Commerce, Chamber of Commerce, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Yeah. Chamber of Commerce, right? Would you get another perfect example of getting scrappy and getting That's in right. there? Go to your local BI, go to your local Chamber of Commerce. They're out there. And it was cool. I was the only HVAC person who was getting involved with with Chamber of Commerce. Right. So you meet all these people that are developing business, et cetera. And you learn how to network and do all these different things. But I met with this guy and I'll, I'll shadow his name. His name's JR. And we sit down and we had a beer and we had lunch and we just talked about how I could be involved. And I grew up in Kitchener-Waterloo and I like to think that I know quite a few people in Kitchener-Waterloo. I could walk down the street mm -hmm. back then. Maybe it wasn't as big as it is now, but I would shake hands and I would this sort. So then we went for a walk down the street to where we had the, the cars parked. And I maybe shook one or two hands, but JR was giving hugs. So literally everybody, he was, he was walking by downtown Kitchener and I went like, what's that JR? And he goes, well, you know, I just know a lot of people, you know, I've been involved with a lot of things. So I went back to the office and I went, I don't, this guy's got no experience. And I said, 
I've known him for an hour and a half. I'm hiring. <laughs> I said, because he knows everybody and their brother in Kitchener. Yeah. And I did. And he was just the connector. You know, he was mm. just this guy that you could walk into any business and any building and he would know at least one person mm -hmm. and be able to strike a conversation and open up the doors. Terrible closer. I'm going to throw that out. JR <laughs> knows that. So he would set the table yeah. and I would go and, you know. Yeah. But um, just again, it, it was such a good experience because, you know, that involvement in those authentic um, relationships, like Max just said, I mean, they're 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 worth its weight in gold. So right, I know for the audience here, um, this seems like a very HVAC centric conversation, but I, I want to make sure that whether sales leaders, professionals, managers, that, that this has cross uh, vertical application. Whether again, it's it's home renovations, roofing, siding. Um, if people have a need, they they just need to find you. And again, that goes back to I think the base of what we're talking about: chamber of commerce or great fruits. If if you're part of associations and affiliations, we met someone earlier today, and I'm going to quote him, which is either you're working in your business or yeah. you're working on your business. Right. And what you did was get busy working on your business. Mm -hmm. And I'll give him credit. It was Trevor, uh, a good colleague of ours, Trevor John. Trevor. Um, and I, yeah, and you know, as well, like it was, it was so great profound, conversation. great conversation. Yeah. It was such a profound statement where I think everything we're speaking to is about working on your business, which is where you get back to the topic of this podcast, it's how you minimize the impacts of recession. Yeah. Ryan, thank you so much for coming in and doing this. We really appreciate it. Where can people find you? Uh, you can find the podcast on basically any social platform, um, posting video form on YouTube and Spotify. It's the Contractor Growth Hub podcast. You can find me personally on LinkedIn, Ryan Van Dyke. And I'm out and about everywhere, man. I, uh, I make sure and make the rounds. So you'll see me somewhere, I'm sure. Hopefully you'll come back and do it again. Yeah, I'd love to. Thanks, okay. guys. Well, thank you. Max, thanks for the maiden voyage. Really appreciate it, bud. Yeah, I feel honored, yeah. Max. I just <laughs> want to say I'm so glad. I was expecting that, but uh, jump right in. Yeah, thanks. I love it. I love it. If you haven't heard about the All-Star Alliance, program speak to your bdm we've got some really cool things happening there this is a program designed to generate leads for dealers so if you haven't heard about it shoot me an email at jwatson at snapfinancial.com if you have any questions about today's episode if you've got any feedback questions concerns shoot me an email jwatson at snapfinancial.com again this is for you our valued dealers we hope that you got some education from this uh, but at the very least found some entertainment also if you have any questions about marketing if you want to run any by me. If you want to talk about some programs that you'd like to run, whatever it is, don't hesitate to get in touch with me. I would love to chat about that. Gentlemen, it's been a blast. Thank you so much and cheers everybody.